How's it going, Katanning? We are back for another episode of the Greatest City in the World podcast. I'm here with uh, my good friend Mike Rizzo. We are continuing our conversation from last time. If you guys missed the last podcast, make sure to check that out. We've been going through, uh, well, Mike's been going through and researching all of these lists throughout the United States about the top small towns in America. And so we're trying to glean some information, figure out, you know, how can we get on one of these lists and what are these other towns doing right that kind of just sets them apart mm-hmm. from everybody else. So uh, tell us uh, tell us what you're thinking this week, Mike. Yeah, so this is really interesting doing the research and mm-hmm. the research really shows us the path of what these towns have done because there are, there are very similar uh, commonalities across these towns on this list and the you know, coming up list and the list we talked about last week. So there is, seems to be a game plan to be considered one of the top towns in America. Yeah. This list we're talking about this week is the from the Smithsonian. They mm-hmm. put out a publication and they have a website as well and uh, of course their massive museum. This list is called the 15 best small towns to visit in America. It is the only list that has the word visit in here. Okay. And I think that the that the word visit actually leads to a few nuances in this list. Okay. And it hel- and it helps some of these towns get on the list. Yeah. It's compiled by uh, a lady named Laura Kinney. Well, I actually got to uh, converse with via email, and she gave me some. Amazing. <laughs> she gave me some really, you know. So all these lists, I'm actually reaching out to the yeah. the artist or the, the the artist. I'm reaching out to the uh, author, and um, you know, asking them for tips, saying, "Hey, I'm from Catania, Pennsylvania. We're trying to eventually make these lists before 300th birthday in 2027. What advice would you give our town? What uh, what things did you rate most important? Right. right. So I am reaching out to everybody. Um, and I mean, in a lot of these towns, I'm also looking at their their uh, chambers of commerce, their town websites, their their nonprofits, and tr- understanding kind of what they're doing, and if there's some um, you know insights we can gain from that as well. Right. So I'm actually doing, I guess, what you consider true research into all of these towns. It's going to be about 90 or so when we're all done, uh, and really finding out what sets them apart. Right. Uh, and uh, see what we can learn. I think so. maybe we like need our own master list when we're done, <laughs> just like. What? Or are you already? Yeah, thinking? no. I think I think the plan is when we're done, right? We'll we'll create a a kind of a, a PDF, PowerPoint, or something that's multiple pages that has the master list. Yeah. I have the template of the matrix where we're going through, and if it's an arts or local or food or and marking them off, so there'll actually be a grid, okay. uh, a spreadsheet grid, and then of course I wanted to do something that the ties the themes together together, and we thought we could pass this out to other towns and then share share locally. But I do want to put together kind of a nice finished. Uh, yeah. I'm obsessed like with having the data and the hard stuff behind it, so I'm so glad you're doing yeah, so that. Yeah, so I'm, cool. I'm definitely compiling the data, and there's different ways to look at it. So I'm super excited about this. Yeah. So what did you learn about Smithsonian? Uh, we're going to kind of go through some highlights on yeah. here, and then um, obviously whatever you learn from the author, that would be very, very helpful. Yeah, so I don't know if we want to get into the author's comments first or the town's first. I figured I'd go through some of these towns f- fairly quickly, and then there's a few towns I think that are interesting that I wanted to call out. Yep, for sure. And uh, I think there's a good question at the end of this one, too, um, for, you know, is this something we could do in Catanning type of question. Yep. So, you know, we'll go through the list. The first one is Stockbridge, Massachusetts. It is home to the, believe it or not, as we talked about last week, these arts is basically the driver of a lot of these lists. It's home, it's a historic quaint town, really historic architecture near Boston, but it's actually home to the Norman Rockwell Museum. Oh, okay. So they've embraced kind of Norman Rockwell and have a lot of things around him. Yep. 
The other town is Williams, Arizona. With another big trend, of course, young people and even companies are moving to places in the West, particularly in the mountains. Williams is a uh, really beautiful scenery. It's a kind of a gateway town to the Grand Canyon. Okay. So they have the whole outdoors theme. Uh, they've also done a really good job of revitalizing downtown. Uh, it's a town of 3,200. They have some arts and art galleries there as well. Um, but they, I think they're built based on their location and their proximity kind of to the outdoors. Mm-hmm. The next town is one I've ne- never heard of. It's New Catine, Connecticut. It has 20,000 people. And uh, there was an art museum, an art school set up there in the 50s, and that has thrived, and they built off of that local food. Uh, it's one of the big things on this list. Was a lo- This town was a bunch of local food places. Yeah. Uh, but really a town that I've never heard of, a decent-sized town, middle of Connecticut, uh, which is not known for their outdoors or scenery, right? Yeah. Right. Um, that they really embraced uh, some high-end restaurants because, you know, if you look at Hartford and Providence and even upstate, uh, Greater New York Metro, they can track people in. Yeah, for sure. And then it comes to the fourth town on the list, which is Lamar's, Iowa. Ten thousand people, and it is a niche town. Okay. And the reason I say it's a niche town is because it has deemed itself ice cream capital of the world. Oh, nice. <laughs> but it's home to Blue Bunny, uh-huh. which is, I don't know if you ever had Blue Bunny ice cream sandwiches yeah. or whatnot. Actually, yeah. the girls are, just eat them. Yeah. Uh, but they have built a whole thing around um, ice cream. But the company, Blue, Bu- Blue Bunny, has been instrumental in, in this, right? Yeah. Ice cream festivals and, uh, you know, there's a st- shop there and whatnot, so they've made it. They've they've embraced it. So here we have that public-private partnership idea again. Yeah, I would say this is purely driven privately in this case. Yeah. Right. We're, we're talking a massive company, one of the bigger ice cream makers in the country. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. Iowa, the farms, they bring you know, the fresh Milk. ice cream, and um, they've dubbed themselves ice cream capital of the world, uh, and it has really changed the complexion of the town. Hmm. Avalon, California is the next one on the list. It's an island town. Um, right off the coast of California. It's going to be tough. That's a town that's kind of there because it's amenities. Obviously, it's a more upscale place to live um, and really well kept. All these towns, as we said last week, are extremely well kept, uh, very low vacancies, and really nice main streets. Yeah. The next town is uh, Medina, North Dakota. It has 132 people. It's the smallest town we've come across yet. Yeah. Uh, it's small. Um, but it's kind of the gateway to the Badlands. Yep. They have an outdoor theater. They have a lot of museums around the uh, the Old West. Yeah. Um, cowboy type centric things, um, and they bring a lot of people into this into the summer. And it has uh, kind of revitalized this little town and made it a, a stop for people who go to visit the Badlands. I just can't believe a town of 132 people is getting, you know, national exposure. Uh, that has to be, I mean, for us, it would be huge. It's at 4,000 people. But right, right. Can't even imagine you're 132. They have a big theater. Now, if you look at this town, there's pictures yeah. of this huge theater that they have. And I'm assuming that it's, see, it's 1,500 or so people that mm-hmm. they do d- different things at, at right? Um, and even though the town is really small, I bet you in the summer, based on hotels and people coming in, the population of the town actually would would swell up. Yeah. Um, but it, according to the, the last census, it only had 132 permanent residents. Sure. Um, but uh, I think it, if you'd head there today, you'd see the streets would be pretty quite busy. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Next town is uh, Bethel, New York. Um, I don't know if you know this, Andrew, but that's where the original Woodstock was. Okay. Um, but they've kind of revitalized themselves, right? And 
and people want to go to see that. Mm-hmm. So they have a draw, and they have done a lot of art galleries and whatnot, and kind of uh, made the town very tourist friendly because they have the the, the pull of bringing people in uh, from Woodstock very or cool. to see where Woodstock originally was. Yeah. Again, it's not in it's you know kind of upstate New York. You know if they they got their niche and, and they're exploiting it quite well. Uh, but I don't think that always was the case with Bethel. Uh, I think over the last 20 years, they've really uh, looked to capitalize kind of on the uh, tourism that, that, that they could they could pull from. Yeah, and I've seen Woodstock, New York on different lists, mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, kind of full draw, and so these guys aren't even, they're not the the Woodstock that everybody yeah. thinks of, <laughs> but just kind of the original. I'm sure people are an expert on this. Maybe some of your audience actually went, but yeah, I, I right. don't know. All I know is that this town, and its main draw is that it is near where the original Woodstock was, yeah. and they have built a nice town around it to accommodate the tourists, and now it's become one of the nicest towns in America. Very cool. So the next town on the list is, and I'm horrible with pronunciation, so I'm probably gonna <laughs> I'm probably gonna butcher this one. It's W A P A K O T E N A Ohio. Okay. Um, it is the birthplace of Neil Armstrong. Okay. And this is another town that I thought was more of a niche thing. They have capitalized on this. Where they've done different arts themes around Neil Armstrong, different places around astronauts. Yep. Uh, it's a town of nine thousand people. Again, very clean town. Everyone says, "Well, this is like quintessential America." When you visit this town, right? Okay. They've done the old Main Street, um, and they've and they have this draw now that it was with Neil Armstrong, the first guy to walk on the moon, and they've kind of combined these two things together and make this really nice town that people want to live and visit. Very cool. Sorry, I'm just making notes so I don't forget. Okay. So the so the next town is the biggest town on this list. This list actually had a had a defining cap of twenty five thousand people as the the cap to be yep. on this list. It's called Rock Springs, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. It was an old coal town, right? That that uh, was hit hard. Uh, it's really got it really got started with the um, the the rail, transcontinental railroad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were producing a lot of coal, and a lot of people, you know, they were trying to go through the mountains, and obviously. So, long story short, it, it was a town that was in its heyday, like Catani at one point. People forget that 120 years ago, Catani was one of the wealthiest towns in America. Right. Right. Um, and was a, a booming, growing town, right? Yeah, almost had 10,000 <laughs> people at one point right. as well. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and, and and wealth, and, and you know, artists and paintings and... Um, I have a side story about some paintings in Catanning, yeah. but uh, valuable paintings of Catanning that, that were done because these families who were wealthy at one point brought their own artists to do different things and whatnot. Yeah. But Rock Springs is somewhat similar to this, is that it, that it had a downturn kind of, mm-hmm. and now it has built itself completely back up. Uh, so they do, they actually, it's funny, they actually do have some coal theme, they have a coal theme museum there. But Rock Springs was one of the towns that actually did do some pro- some public-private partnerships. They revitalized, completely revitalized their downtown. Uh, according to according to their business website, they revitalized 260 buildings in downtown uh, Rock Springs. Wow! And now with the draw of the mountains and whatnot, and it's become a uh, a really good point for people to go do different things in the Rockies. Um, people on their way to Yellowstone. People wanting to see this town. Uh, it has become kind of a central hub in Wyoming, one of the bigger towns in Wyoming. 
But what I took away from it is how they completely revitalized their downtown. Yeah. Uh, just a tremendous number of buildings. 260, that's way more than what we have in Catani. Oh, my, yeah. I, I do want to dive in a little bit deeper uh, on how they did this. They won a National Main Street Award. Okay. They're one of only three towns uh, a year. I, so I've, so I've, another thing we can follow up on, um, there is a nonprofit group that gives out three Main Street Awards a year. Mm-hmm. Right, Rock Springs, because of this complete revitalization that they were able to do, um, they won one of these awards. The interesting thing about Rock Springs is, they, for whatever reason, they didn't tear down a lot of their old buildings. Yeah. In Catanning, we, we ruined some beautiful buildings in this town or leveled them. Yeah. They, so for some, some reason, the, the, the facades were there, mm-hmm. and they, uh, they revitalized them. But uh, they won national recognition for having one of the best main streets in America. Wow. Um, but all this was done, th- again, town that was in depression, and it kind of spun out of it. So do we know if they lost a lot of population like Catanning did when it went down, or do we know, or not really? I, I don't know, and it's something okay. I want to, Rock Springs, Wyoming is a town I want to dive in a little bit more. Yeah. My assumption is yes, that they did, yeah. and now it's certainly back in the the upswing. Most of the West Coast towns are seeing population kind of upticks, and I guarantee Rock Springs is as well, especially with the efforts they've done. Yeah, because I always thought, you know, with Catanning, it was, I think, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was like 8,700 people was kind of the peak of Catanning. And now we're, you know, creeping down around 4,000. So I always thought it makes sense that we'd have to tear down half the buildings if you only had half the people. Yeah. But if you're planning for the future and you're thinking, well, we can grow again, or if you're going to have a tourist, artist-centric economy, yeah, then it really makes sense to have kind of this overflow capacity for those off seasons like the the North Dakota town. Sure. I'm sure they have way more than 132 beds. Yeah, in, absolutely. In the town, so. Yeah, absolutely. And Catania there's really no beds. <laughs> right. Yeah, no extra beds. Yeah, it's just like we we're just continuing to downsize and kind of like I don't know, lower the bar so to sure, speak sure, to wherever sure. we are and I, I think we have to change that mindset as well. Yeah, yeah, it's we got to flip it to growth mindset. Right. So do you want you want to, to pause here and we can talk about actually what I heard about how to get on the list from the author. Absolutely, yeah. I, I really want to. I really want to hear that because if there's something that we can we can glean there and focus on as a as a city or as individuals, yeah, then, yeah we need to do that. So the the big th- couple big points that she told me, uh, particular to this list, right? Yeah. But I have a, a strong suspicion, you know, working in marketing and PR for a long time, this is pretty much how it goes, it yeah. going down. She didn't come up with the list, so okay. the author didn't come up with the list. Her editors came up with the list. So the okay. editors of the Smithsonian came up with this list. And how they came up with the list has been essentially through towns reaching out to them and pitching them. So, so her advice, and I always say we do no marketing or promotion in Catani. Yeah. Right? And I, and I always compare this to pitching. And people don't understand um, the city of Pittsburgh, right, has uh, – by my estimations, a thousand people in kind of these nonprofit groups like the Allegheny Conference, the Downtown Partnerships, and all these spinoffs promoting uh, Pittsburgh or attracting businesses. When Pittsburgh did the Amazon pitch, it wasn't Bill Baduto and Rich Fitzgerald who had anything to do with that, really, They other than they make public comments on it. Yeah. That was driven through private money from the Allegheny Conference, uh, which I think was about four or five million dollars to actually put together the Amazon bid. Um, but the thing that we don't have in Catanian is we don't have these the, the, these strong groups of people, right, trying to tie things together, trying to bring people together. Real movers and shakers, too, in a lot of these cases. Yeah. Uh, well-connected, and they're all working together. And we have a, com- 
a tremendous disadvantage in, in that. Now these towns, what has been common commonality in these towns is you can Google all these towns and you will find a very strong, I would consider it Chamber of Commerce website. Not and you'll see their town website. Yeah. But they all have separate websites. And the separate websites are like marketing agency done, right? Uh, built. They have where to stay, where to dine, where to shop, what's unique, what's local, museums, art, and it's like, you know, it's like um, if you go to like visit Myrtle Beach or some like, you know, touristy site, right? Yep. These sites are built for showcasing local businesses um, and showcasing the town. Right. And they're, most of them are extremely well done. Yeah. But the people who are running these sites are also pitching stories. Yeah. So they're pitching stories to their local, um, like, you know, the nearest metropolitan area, right? Mm-hmm. Like we could pitch to, to Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Buffalo, Philadelphia. Right. right. And then they're pitching stories to the editors of Smithsonian to say, okay, here's our town. Can you showcase it in some form or fashion or do a story? Yeah. So the editors are getting hit by these essentially nonprofit groups yeah. in these towns that are actually pitching, pitching, pitching the story. The other thing she said to do was make sure you have a well-documented list of what what makes your town different, yeah. including a list of events. As we know, we have a ton of events in the park and in um, and just different things going on, uh, festivals, and we have a great array of churches to do a variety of events. But I don't think there's an actual list of how many events are actually hosted in Catanning. Yeah. Um, but in her recommendation was send a list of events, send a list of unique things you have, send a list of museums or architecture significant buildings. Yeah. In a pitch. And uh, that is the key to get on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think about things like the Folk Festival. I don't know, you know, there's Fort Ligonier days where they kind of do that throwback to kind of the original founding of the town. But yeah. the Folk Festival, I think, is really unique to our area yeah. as far as like a, having a theme around a, mm-hmm. a festival event. Most of the other towns are just kind of like throw a carnival or whatever it might be. But um, yeah, those kinds of things. What other things come up to you when you think of like Katianning that says, hey, this sets us apart at this moment in time? Well, I say that maybe there's not any. any well, no, no. I, th- I, th- I think we do. I, well, I think we don't do any PR, right? Well, right. Yeah, that's that's. The <laughs> so problem. I think we have a. I mean, I think if you look at Catania Town of four thousand people, I bet you we bring in uh, hundreds of thousands over the course of the summer through Arts in Allegheny. Yeah. Right. Through things like the Wine Walk, through the fe- Folk Festival, through you know this church down the street had a Strawberry Festival, right? And there's little things going on all through town that are bringing people in. Yeah. Um, and that that's a positive right now, right? So I think that's something we could pitch. I think you could pitch the river. Yeah. Uh, the trail, I think, needs some significant work, but it's certainly something you could pitch. Yeah. Right? You have the Armstrong County Historical Museum here, something you could pitch, things we could work on. Um, and then d- different things we could pitch about um, the history of the town, mm-hmm. that it's a county seat. Um, I think you could put together a pretty good one-sheeter of highlights of Catanning. No, we know it's not perfect right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it it's it's certainly it angles. We have restaurants now too. I mean, we have a per capita a, a great amount of restaurants in oh, a yeah. variety of different foods, right? Should be pitched. But if you look at the three or four big food blogs in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh Magazine, they have never covered any of these. Right. Why? Probably because no one has pitched them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if they knew about Meredith and Amano and these different nice restaurants that are coming into, or right on Water Street, I mean, right on the river. Sure, sure. I mean, they would, I would think they would be all over that. 
Yeah. Just to come and try it. Yeah. At the very least. I think I've said that this is, this is uh, I think, in the wheelhouse for downtown Catanning or a similar type organization. Yeah. To actually pull the stuff together, pull the list together, and do some of this pitching, right? I mean, a lot of this case, the pitching doesn't take much. It's, you kind of have a standard template, right? You know, if we want to pitch a food blog on food, right, we could say Catanning has, you know, 19 restaurants now. Yeah. Uh, it's an hour north of Pittsburgh. These are the type of restaurants we have. These are some of the ones that are more notable, yeah. right? Would you be interested in coming up and doing a story? And really, we just have our own website, write those articles, yeah. so to speak, on our website, and then you ha- already exactly. have your template pre-built. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. And all these towns have – so if you go to, you know, whatever, you know, whatever town, uh, Stockbridge, Massachusetts, if you go to their site, you're going to see where to buy stuff, where to eat, right? And it's going to have a nice little write-up about the, the restaurant. Yeah. And um, that gets the restaurant – you know, what we have in Catania is we, we have a lot of kind of pockets, but we don't have um, a lot of people working in one direction trying – you know. Yeah. But in this case, there's a huge incentive for the restaurants to actually provide a little content, be on board, help these community, help these uh, groups, right? Because they're getting promoted. Yeah. And the groups are, their whole focus is essentially to bring people into town. Yeah. And uh, that benefits the restaurants for sure. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody last week and um, she was telling me, you know, from a, from a, young family standpoint that when you come to Catanning you you don't really know what to do there's nowhere to go that would just tell you sure you know what do we do now or how can I get more connected or you know where's the young moms group or you know where's what's the best things to do with my kids and so we were just literally just talking about this last week um, right after you and I talked and we're talking about maybe what would it look like if we did a top 20 things to do after you move to Catanning yeah. or, you know, your top 10 things to do when you visit Catanning and just highlight some of these restaurants, highlight the different programs at the library, just highlight all the different things that would make you want to be here. Sure, sure. And a lot of these town sites actually have the top things to do, yeah. top attractions, and they also have some things like how to buy a house there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah or why to buy a house there. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. I think I think we really have to sell those kinds of things of, of our why because if, if we really believe that we're a city on the turnaround, then we can start acting like it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I think this is a huge uncovering. Yeah. Um, still have six more towns to discuss. Okay. But I think that was really huge about, and I think everyone knows it, right, that Catanning does not do any PR, doesn't really have a group going out there prom- promoting it. Yeah. I think it's, you know, you, you, you have three commissioners. They don't really say too many positive things about the county. But yeah. the, these places have people out there saying positive things about the county or about their region, right? And going out there just repeatedly, right? With a narrative and with the story. Yeah. And we need to, all, all we have to do is develop our story and then you can tweak the story, whether it's going to be a food focused thing or if it's going to be a history focused thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a huge opportunity for someone like DKI to actually focus on this and it would bring tremendous value to the businesses in town. Yeah. So if we, I mean, if we had someone to help write copy, obviously I'd, I'd make videos on that stuff all day long. I mean, those are, those are such good, good things. And then they're, they're searchable too. Yeah. So if you get them on a Facebook platform, on a YouTube platform, on a website, and then all those things are, mm-hmm. you, when you search Catanning, that, that's all that stuff is uh, discoverable. Sure, sure. Yeah. And we live in a, such a connected world, right? Yeah. Now, I've always said we need to do things to get, get Instagram more photos in Catanning, right? Yeah, that people yeah. put on Instagram because that's the, you know, really the gateway to the, uh, the internet and people see that and attracts people. Well, let's finish up the town. All right, so here we'll, we go. Uh, we'll get in. We'll go 
to Fulton, the- uh, Missouri. It's the only town on the list that, that I've come across so far that actually has a. They noticed it had a co- has a college, um, but this college at Winston Churchill uh, has spoke out, and a lot, a lot of famous people have spoke out at, and they kind of capitalize on the co- and this cottage or college and the speakers that come into this college. Okay. Uh, but they again, very clean, nice town, central Missouri, real Americana feel. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, Cambridge, uh, Maryland. It's Eastern Shore, Maryland. Um, great food. It's known for its great food and revitalized kind of town setting, art galleries as well. Genoa, Nevada, Lake Tahoe town. That's an outdoors town. Yeah. Bedford, Virginia. Uh, something happened in Bedford that they lost the most people per. Or capita or something in on D Day, oh, and wow. they got the D Day National Memorial there. Okay, so that is a hook, right? Yeah. But they have they have they have added to this arts, wine. Virginia now is a good place to buy uh, some really good up and coming wineries. And if you travel through rural Virginia, you'll see a ton of wineries. They're right off the Blue Ridge Mountains, so they've kind of understood. Okay, we got one spark here. We have this growing wine business around us. Uh, let's do some arts things. Let's be a hub town for people to come explore the Blue Ridge Parkway and whatnot. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Pawhuska, Oklahoma. It's famous. You know why it's famous? No idea. It, many women watching this might know. <laughs> it is. It is the Pioneer Woman. You know who the Pioneer Woman is? Oh yeah, yeah. I see the stuff in Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she, uh, big food blogger. You know, yeah. she was a food blogger. Married a, uh, and my wife would tell the story, right? Married a, a rancher, right? And they have this huge place, but she has the show. Very, very popular show. Yeah. But she opened a uh, a mercantile, which is like a huge market. Very yeah. similar to our, our, our friends, the uh, Gaineses in Waco, right? Yeah, right, right. But just a little bit smaller scale. Yeah. But, uh, and they, they've done some nature preserves around the town. They keep it very uh, Oklahoma, you know, undeveloped, right? Yeah. It's 3,500 people. But now people are coming from all over because she has such a massive following. We're talking, you know, millions of fans on social media. Yep, for sure. So you could say it's niche, but it was one person, the right person with the right thing, and now let's put this town on the map. Yep. And then there's this, the final town on this map is called Helen, Georgia. It has 543 people. It's a Bavarian town, like uh, German. Yeah, yeah. And everything is, they have these German buildings uh, it's a mountain. There's actually mountains, and this is, I think, north, northern, yeah, uh, Georgia. Yeah. And they have uh, the, the like the German style homes. Um, they have skiing there in the winter. Wow. Um, they have a very, and it's all kind of German themed German restaurants. Uh, if you go to their website, it's again they have a great website, right? For the 543 people, they obviously paid somebody to come in and build this great website. It is a what I would consider a complete niche town. Yeah. Um, but it is something that is unique and you know i thought one of the things we could pose is, you know does katani need a niche would a niche help yeah could you can i mean i think we have so many great things maybe we don't need a niche right but in some of these cases maybe one one thing actually gets the helps build some of the other things up because it is a hook to bring people into town yeah i'm looking at this uh, uh what the kind of process that's coming to mind is almost like applying for a grant you know, when you apply for grants and there's be a bunch of different categories and you're trying to score as many points in all these categories and figure out, you know, how can we, you know, get get high enough on the list. And some of the things that we've talked about would be niches, um, the arts, 
outdoors seems to keep cropping up over and over again. Yeah. Food crops up over and over again. You know, we could take those categories and tell a pretty good story about everything except really the, the niche side of it. So that, that is an interesting question. So, so there's there's three things that so far we've discovered. Arts is massive. Huge, yeah. Outdoors is huge. And food, um, I think everyone accepts that you should have food. And then, of course, we always we also talked about all these towns have a local aspect. They invest in local. Yeah. Right? And we need to do a better job of that here, 100%. Yeah. Right? And then some of these towns have a, have a fifth pillar, which is they have some form of niche mm-hmm. that they built, right? Uh, I don't know if Catanning needs a niche. Now, I talked about a long time ago, we should put a big art installation on the trail, like a big starting point, and make this kind of like a destination where you start your journey, right? Instead right. of like a lot of these places are destinations, right? Yeah. Or some do some form of art thing, right? I think people have talked about doing some type of Native American museum in town. Um, you know, there's different things or different themes we could do something on. Right. A big, a big statue, uh, a big something, right? That yeah. would that would bring people in. Uh, something unique, right? Um, could we combine something with the river? I, I talked about putting one of those European style boat lifts replaced because the lock's eventually going to die. Right. Right. What if we had a really fancy like they have in Scotland, European boat lift? I don't know. Something that is unique. Yeah. Um. You know, and maybe it's maybe it's art, right? Maybe it's some giant, you know, three hundred foot art statue in in Catani. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what, whatever it is, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not uh, by any means an expert on this on niching uh, or niches or what our niche could even be. I think there's right. a few things it could be, but uh, I'd love to hear what other people would say. So I think that is a phenomenal question for the audience. Yeah. Does Catani need a niche? What would it be? Yeah. Um, you know, Cleveland has gone around, I don't know if you know this, has, has put these Cleveland in uh, signs. Okay. Um, in various strategic locations of the city mm-hmm. um, where you can see downtown or have a good view. So, and people who go to Cleveland have to now go get their picture in front of them, the Cleveland signs. Right. We talked about Austin, Texas having the Austin murals. There's 11 or 12 of them. Right. They're really well visited um, throughout the town. Um, so maybe there's even things like that we could we could put strategically through town. Yeah. I, I don't know, but, um, or maybe there's some, some historic angle we could take, yeah. um, you know, with the river or whatnot that we could, uh, we could make a, we could make a nice, neat niche, so to speak. Certainly something with Native American history, French and Indian war. I think about things like even like a, a Rust Belt history museum or something yeah. like that, that kind of showcase the big manufacturing that was in this whole region and then just kind of make Catanning the poster child for, hey, this is what all these little Rust Belt towns were and, you know, this is where we're going in the future, that kind of thing. But, sure, sure. Uh, I don't know. Just an interesting question. Uh, so, yeah, that's that'll be our question for the day. We're right at 30 minutes, man. This is what, That was our goal. Did anything else pop up? And I, I think, the, obviously, the big call-out from this list was the PR aspect of yeah. it and that these towns have groups that are doing PR both internally helping the businesses in town and then externally promoting it. Yeah. And I think that's what we desperately need. So I think we have two things on our list then. Uh, number one, are you interested in helping promote the town? Uh, we need yeah. like 50 Mike and Andrews, right? Right. Uh, or, or three or four. Even we'll set it with that. That, that could work together. <laughs> not, just, not just all be on our own island, but coming together and just having conversations like this and then creating actionable plans. And then number two, the question would be, what's our niche? What's our theme as a, as a city? Yeah. And how can we uh, utilize that to our advantage to get on the national scene? Yeah. And may, maybe some people say, hey, I don't think we need a niche. I think we have enough other things. Yeah. And but, I, be- but I think it'd be really interesting to see what people 
yeah, maybe someone Thanks. out there has the right idea. Yeah. And it's like, hey, that totally makes sense. <laughs> we could go for it. So, love awesome. it. Awesome. All right. Anything else you want to say today? No, we'll be back with another list. I yeah. mean, I think this is really laying the groundwork for understanding what we need to do. Yeah. And as I said to the first story, a lot of the stuff doesn't, we're not, a lot of these towns didn't wait around for this to happen through the government. Right. This Most of this action and these, this revitalization of these towns happened because they had sound government, but they had, they had businesses and individuals taking um, the initiative to get this stuff done. I think that's a really good point to make because I, I've, I've seen, heard for too long of people saying, well, we need to get that one big manufacturer or we really need to have that one big business that would come sure. downtown or we really need to hit that one big grant. And I, I'm just saying... We haven't, there's enough here already to start. Sure. We, we can't wait. Because if we wait another 20 years, we're dead. No list so far, I mean, other than maybe you could say Lamar's with the blue money, has yeah. talked anything about a company or a job, a job situation. And we know that's always going to be a struggle, I think, in Catani and Armstrong County. But there's things these towns have done that have become attractive to people to, to move there and visit. Yeah. Right. Well, there were some interesting comments last time from the arts uh, from the arts question as well. So uh, maybe next time we'll take all of your responses and we'll pick some of those and maybe we'll uh, talk about those next time as we enter into our next list. And uh, I think that's it for today, you guys. We'll see you next week. Uh, these will keep coming out every Friday as long as we can continue to meet and uh, make some time in our busy schedules. But I think we have it figured out a, a common time for us. And so you can expect every Friday, 6.15 a.m., you'll have a new episode of the Catanning Podcast figuring out how we're going to uh, become the greatest city in the world. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Andrew. Talk to you soon. Yep. See you then.